Hello, friends. Welcome to That's Pretty Woo. Conversations about life, beauty, and magic. Because talking it out makes us all more connected. We're your hosts, Jordan Medina and Kayleen Seuss, two friends navigating the balance between making time for our work and passions while trying to be present in everyday life as mothers, partners, and citizens of the universe. Okay, let's chat. Today, we're going to journey through the chakras. Jordan, start us off by explaining what the chakra system is and where does it come from? Okay, so I'm going to be reading (laughs) because I did not make this up. Um, According to multiple Eastern traditions, the chakras are places where the physical and the energetic bodies connect. Chakras are places of energy within the body that are located along the central channel that runs up the spine. So I'm going to go through each of them, but we're going to like stop with each of them and explain a little and talk a little, and it's going to be a journey through the chakras. So if you're not familiar with the chakras at all, if like you don't know anything about it and that's just like a foreign word to you, have you ever seen the picture of a person sitting with their legs crossed and, uh, or like the outline of a person with their legs crossed, and there's a rainbow of colors going through their body, starting with red at the base of the spine and working its way up till you have, you know, like violet up at the top. So we're going to start with the first chakra, which is known as the root chakra. As the first of the chakras located at the base of the spine, the root chakra is associated with the color red and is often depicted with four petals surrounding a triangle within a square. It governs sexuality, stability, sensuality, and security. Mm. All right. So tell us what you know, Kayleen, about this root chakra. Well, I, so I picked up a book in preparation for this episode, which I think you said that you also, that's the one I picked up too. Okay. It's called chakra healing, a beginner's guide to self-healing techniques that balance the chakras. And admittedly, I think neither one of us are experts at the chakra system. When it comes to the root chakra, I think that it's the like grounding, Mm -hmm. but it's also the thing that I feel like it's sort of like, your the the base of like your your humanness also right like it like connects you to the earth but it's also the thing that like connects you to being human and so some of the like if your basic needs aren't met like maybe yeah. like you would start with like working on healing the root chakra first it's almost like the hierarchy of needs yes is when I notice the um, like when it's out of alignment what it correlates with it tends to be like like general feelings of safety but I think a lot of times if people have like anxiety disorders like starting at the root is really important to feel like grounded and more nurtured and when looking at the chakra system even though we're going like one by one I do think it's like important to look at as a whole because I know that like on when people are feeling like paranoid which is more of the you know the opposite end of the spectrum Mm -hmm. crown chakra is like overactive. And I know each of the chakras, so this is kind of interesting, like each of the chakras can be like overactive or underactive. Right. And those cause different problems. And typically if like one chakra is out of balance, it kind of throws the rest a little bit out of balance. But Mm -hmm. I know that like, I think the idea of the chakras, what I really like about it as we've been doing or like studying on this is that we've talked a lot about like where your uh, attention goes, energy flows. Mm -hmm. And I think like, the chakras are letting you set up an intention and attention to a certain energy. And if you focus on that and healing that in these like base level ways, then naturally you're going to like heal some of that. But they, yeah. there's also like true physical correlating 
ailments. Right. With each of the with different With each ones. of the different chakras. But like with the root also, it's like we've talked about like motherhood and birth on the podcast. And so that also like, I feel like makes me think of the root chakra because it's like the root of humanity mm-hmm. and where we all enter f- this world from. And so it would make sense that that root chakra is associated with some of those basic needs because that's like your, that's like the door, your entryway mm-hmm. into earth. But then also like as a mother having gone through birth and even if you don't have like a vaginal birth like you still are at like the root of like humanity in that experience however your child is born I still think there's like that has those experiences have brought to the forefront like emotional things that are also related Mm -hmm. related to the root of me you know like childhood things come up when you become a mom and so it's like this whole connection to literally like the root of everything. I definitely feel like I've given the most in terms of the chakras and what I know about them. I've probably given the most attention to the root chakra and trying to like ground down. Like, um, I have a, I've talked about Melissa before. She's a client of mine who I love. She has all these recommendations for chakras. And before she struggled with her root chakra and she mentions like putting your bare feet out in nature. And I know that was like, I've seen that mentioned now and in reading kind of these books and stuff Mm -hmm. and how like connecting with nature and just like a grounding, like truly. And I know they mention it a lot in, I feel like root and crown are mentioned the most in my actual yoga classes. And even when you're laying down at the very end of the class and they'll say like, put your hands down if you need like more grounding and rooting and then put your hands like face up if you are more like open and wanting to bring stuff in. It's it's quite interesting. And I'm sure that that's not just those two chakras, but I, yeah. I think of those the most when, when in yoga, I guess. Yeah. It's funny. I, I think I have like an aversion to the root chakra also. Like if I was like one to like have to pick a crystal or like if I was like, oh, I'm going to work on a chakra mm-hmm. today. Like I don't feel like it's like the most exciting or appealing chakra. It's like kind of like, well, oh. remember I told that story about how that time I had all the like chest cold and I was very sick mm-hmm. and all the stuff. And I went and I got all of these like ruddy red, like tiger's eye, like these like deep earthy stones. They looked like, because they're not the most like pretty, pretty. They're not. And it was so funny, but in that moment, I was like attracted to that. And that's like what I needed the most. And it was all related, a lot of it to the root chakra, which I thought was like so interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like bloodstone and Bloodstone. Yeah. I mean, garnet's pretty. (laughs) Garnet's beautiful. I just got a pair of garnet earrings. I was like, I've been really looking for red crystals and not finding anything that I'm really excited about. So... Yeah, I, I was like, oh, I can get garnet. That's It's probably because they look more like stones than crystals. Yeah, they're just like, mm. <laughs> But I mean, I think that's data for me. I think that, yeah, I think that's an interesting... Sometimes the things that you hate or like you're not into are the things that you need the most. Well, I have a question. Like, do you feel... I mean, before we go through all of them, mm-hmm. is there like a chakra or a chakra or two that you feel out of balance with? Like, like when you read this, is there anything yeah. that like hits home where you're like, okay, that's... I've got to work on that one. No, I think, I think that's why I haven't really resonated with the chakra system. Like anytime people have talked about it, when they talk about like their chakra being out of balance, I'm like, Hmm, I don't know. But I like the idea. I like what you said about if one is out of balance, that means I sort of like envisioned like a thread Mm -hmm. with like stones on the thread. And if it was like swaying in the wind, like it would be trying to find balance. Mm -hmm. And so like if one's to the right, then the other one would be to the left. And like, 
I think in general and like Chinese medicine, lots of different ancient medicines talk about your body is trying to find, and I think it's true in Western medicine too, your body's trying to find like a steady, a middle, about the word balance has like its own connotation, right. but our bodies are true, like very efficient. And like, if something, if something's out of balance, there will be an overcompensation. Like if you hurt your right foot, mm-hmm. your left foot's going to be doing more work. And so it would make sense that like in this ancient idea of the alignment of our bodies, mm-hmm. if one is out of whack, the other one would. So generally speaking, I maybe you could say that like everybody is balanced because like your one thing is overcompensating for the other to try and find balance, right. but the balance itself is out of balance. Like mm-hmm. if, you know, mm-hmm. like if, mm-hmm. if your root is working way too hard over and then your whatever heart is under. So I, I resonate with that concept, but like in identifying my particular like weaknesses or like area, I don't know. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, but I'm in studying for this and preparing for this episode, I am like a lot more interested and excited about just be more aware of it. And right. this book I'm, I really like because in it, this is the chakra healing book. There's a whole section on like the physical dysfunctions. You can like literally like just look up, I have a headache or I have fatigue. And then it tells you like which chakras are affected. And then there's a whole section on like how to heal that chakra. Mm -hmm. And it's through meditation and through yoga poses, through essential oils and crystals. Mm -hmm. I'm down for all of that. Like I'm like, Ooh, this is like a really cool resource. just a new way of approaching like, Oh, something feels out of whack. And it isn't because like in the book, it's like it, there isn't like you didn't trip and fall like your knee hurts, but there's no like real reason. Then it could be like an emotional or like chakra related thing. So mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. I know that like one of my first in, or some of my first introductions oddly to the chakra. And I told you this have been through like various cookbooks I've owned. Yeah. I never heard of that. Yeah. So one of them is the yoga cook kitchen plan, which that makes sense. And it's like a week long. Um, you're supposed to eat like every day is a different chakra that you eat for to balance it. And it's like a week-long detox, which like it's a lot of food <laughs> to be making and a lot of groceries to buy. But I do, I have made some of those recipes and really enjoyed them. It's a vegetarian cookbook, but it's it's quite good. And I've really enjoyed that. It's a beautiful cookbook. Another one that I got years ago, I read, and that book is by Kimberly Parsons, but another book I read also by Kimberly, Kimberly Snyder, is a book called uh, The Beauty Power Detox. And that one talked about like how our chakras relate to what we eat and how, you know, basically they talk a lot about eating the color. So a lot of it has to do with like, you know, beets are going to be good for rooting and like, you know, Mm -hmm. it makes it root vegetables like sweet potatoes are actually really good for the root. Um, And how, and that makes kind of sense because like, I'm now reading this book, which I'm, I can't even tell you how obsessed I am with this. Really? Oh my God. It's the Sahara Rose's cookbook, which if you're not familiar with Sahara Rose, she's like the number one Ayurveda expert, like modernized Ayurveda. She wrote the Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda, which is like the best selling Ayurveda book. And then now she has a cookbook, which like knocked that one out of the first place. And so this is now the number one Ayurveda book. And it's a cookbook, but it also has like quite a lot of explanation into like the chakra system as well as, um, you know, like really much more crystal clear advice on like the doshas than I've had before. And the part I really liked the most was, you know, I know in the past we took the quiz for the body episode Mm -hmm. or not the body episode for the, um, we took the quiz for the personality type yeah, episode. The woo of you. The woo of you. And both of us, I was like pretty even vata kapha. Um, yeah, and, and I'm 
Pitta. Vada. 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 Yeah. And, um, but the Vada stuff, when I like try to eat for Vata, it doesn't make much sense to me and my body. And there's a lot of the physical characteristics of Vata that don't make sense for my body. Like I, I, I think naturally I probably am a Vata. I have like thin wrists, like, you know, a longer face, like certain things that they say. But what I really liked is on her website, she has, you have a mind type and a body type. And mm-hmm. so my body type is kapha. So I should be eating for kapha mm-hmm. and doing the exercise for kapha. And that has resonated so much more. And so I'm about to get like heavily into that. But she talks a lot about eating for the chakras and balancing the chakras. She even has these like chakra soups, which are like gorgeous. I mean, each one has like a different color and mm-hmm. they're pretty like, nothing's too hard to make in here, which I really love in a cookbook. Mm -hmm. But I do love the idea of like, I, I do kind of feel like I resonate. There's two chakras that I typically feel like are off. And I've mentioned before, like one is like the throat chakra. Mm -hmm. I really don't like heart opening poses in yoga, which a lot of times that has to do with the throat. It can have to do with the heart too. But for me, I'm like, it's throat stuff. Like I hate a cobra pose like more than anything on earth. And they, and you can kind of correlate like what you hate doing in yoga with what is wrong. So if there's anything yeah. like if you really hate chair pose, your root chakra probably needs a little more like love or something. Yeah, I think I've heard yoga teachers talk about that before. It's like the thing that you it's like the pose that brings up the most feeling for you is the thing that the medicine that you need. Mm-hmm. It's like so frustrating to hear that. I'm always like, <laughs> oh gosh. You know? You're like, that doesn't feel easy, but it's easy to pinpoint. Yeah. How about that? You could make it like that way. Yes. Um But I think for me, mine are like the throat chakra. I typically struggle sometimes in communication. I don't love confrontation. So I'm not always as like direct as I need to be. Does anybody love confrontation? I think some people can handle it better. I avoid it like the plague. Like I don't think that that's a good way to get through life because if you do like, you know, you know, I I think naturally like you're, you have more of that pitta energy sometimes, which like I think it does handle it better, like where you can be more direct and more Mm. like not that you enjoy it, but that you can handle it. For me, I don't know. It's like, I think of all the Enneagram, like all of that. I really struggle with that. So my throat chakra is one I find like a little Mm -hmm. bit off balance. And the other one is the next chakra we're going to talk about. Okay, let's go there. So that is the sacral chakra, which is orange. And it's located at the sacrum. The sacral chakra is associated with the color orange. It's symbolized by the crescent moon with a lotus flower with six petals. It governs reproduction, creativity, joy, and enthusiasm. Now, I don't always struggle with this one, but currently I do feel like a lack, I've been feeling like a lack of passion. So I've been like looking at these techniques and seeing things that can like raise that back. And I think it also makes sense with like the kapha dosha energy, because that energy can be kind of like a stagnant, unenergized. And I've, I've been like really like, I've been eating the opposite of what a person should eat as a kapha. So I need more like spices in my life and need a little more like fire in me. And, Mm. um, and so I think that would like help with this. Like I can almost see the correlation. I'm like, Oh, I, I feel off when I read the like traits of this chakra. And then I also see what I've been doing. That's the opposite of what I should be to balance the chakra. So I can, I can like pinpoint what I need to do, Mm. which is kind of cool. I mean, that's kind of the cool part about the chakras. I think. Yes. There's another book that I brought with me today that's Elemental Energy, Crystal and Gemstone Rituals for a Beautiful Life. Have you seen this book? No, it's so pretty. Oh, it's Mm. in the inside is even prettier. So it's, it's a gorgeous book, but there's a whole section on chakras. And so for the sacral chakra, she says that when it's open, you'll feel flexible in both body and mind, creative, playful, and open. So that like really speaks to what you're seeking Mm -hmm. in that feeling of like, yeah, just not feeling like, I think I'm just 
just been feeling like stagnant. I also think that part of it is like last week I made this epic. I mean, it was like the best thing I've ever eaten, potato soup. I'm not kidding. But (laughs) this potato soup, it was like, I mean, it, it was like as if Paula Deen made it herself. Like it was so good. So not good for you. It it should only be made if you have 12 people to consume it and you each get a half a cup of it because it probably was like 2,000 calories per cup. And I ate like all 12 servings myself. So obviously, I think that was like a influence in the last week of really like diving into this Eat, Feel, Fresh book, which is not have any, you know, loaded potato soup recipes. What, um, what was in it that was so bad? My God, it was like baked. Bacon, heavy cream, oh. cheese. So like just it like was a real traditional. Like a true traditional. Like I just craved it. And I was like, I'm going to put it in the crock pot. And y'all, it was so good. I mean, it was like, I couldn't get enough of it. But I also, every time I ate it, I felt terrible. Like really? worse and worse. Aww. Like it was just one of those things. It was like, it should be, I could make it if I had like, again, people yeah. coming over. It yeah. was going to be split between multiple people. It's not for one person to eat. Like Nathan wouldn't even really eat that. So I just yeah. like ate the whole thing. I haven't had potato soup in a long time oh, for that God, reason. It was so good, like a... but <laughs> not good for you. <laughs> anyway, so move, moving on. Moving yep. We got the solar plexus chakra. I can say this one, Manipura. Located in the abdomen, just above the navel, the solar plexus chakra is often depicted using the color yellow and symbolized as downward-facing triangles surrounded by 10 petals. It governs digestion, personal power, expansiveness, and all matters of spiritual growth. And so I think this one's often, this is the yellow one. This is kind of like your tummy troubles. Like Mm -hmm. if you ever have like gut imbalance, like bloating or like you know, IBS, like I think that's associated with this one. Yeah. And a lot of the foods for this one are like really plain, even though a lot of them are yellow, but a lot of them are like really plain gut healing foods, like simple stuff. Like the um, the kachari I know is like a really, uh, is like Ayurveda dish. I hadn't heard about kachari until last week. So what, do you know what's in it? Well, I just made it uh, like a week ago, a week before I made the- Before the baked (laughs) potato incident? Yeah. Potato soup incident? Yes. It has all these different spices. So it's got like ghee, fennel. It has turmeric. It has- Coriander probably. Or coriander. I can't think of all what else is in it. But what's I, like I just it, bought it. Besides the cumin, it has all these different seeds and then the ghee and you like worm the spices. You have to do it like within one minute or you will burn it as I kind of did. So it wasn't like the best tasting. Um, need to try it again. And then it has like jasmine rice and it's basically like a, a Ayurvedic cleanse. And mm. so if you're ever like really out of balance in your body, you eat this as a way to bring yourself back into balance just as long as you need to. It's mm. like you kind of, that's your mono food, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of nice because at least it's like flavorful and like hearty. Yeah. You know what I mean? For a cleanse. Yeah. So I kind of was like drawn to the idea of it and I like all those flavors. So I was, I liked the way it tasted aside from the fact that like. You burnt your. Well, you, you probably need to measure them out and put them in a glass before you put them in the pot. Like I was like trying to measure and go. It's like, you know, burn the spices. So. Yeah. I think generally in cooking, it's, it's, um, it's always best to pretend like you're on a cooking show and like prep yourself. It like goes so oh much God, better so if you true. like prep ahead of time. Yeah. Well, I did not. I know um, that happens. But it was fine. It is, you know, it is what it is, but I'll, I'll try that again, actually. And so you can include different things, like as far as vegetables and stuff go in your kachari based on what, um, what dosha is out of balance. Mm. So like what you're feeling too strongly. Hmm. Interesting. This one, this book talks also about with the solar plexus when it's low or 
yeah. So I guess when it's like underdeveloped, you might feel controlling, fearful, lack self-confidence or the inability to experience emotions. And then it says, yeah, you might experience digestive problems, which kind of pair together. Like when you're feeling like really like anxious, anxious, or like you need to control situations, like that's always when my stomach But also up. not only that, like if you're feeling really insecure, like I tend to be an emotional eater. Right. Um, um, I know my, like my sister, we talk about it all the time. She's an emotional eater too. And like that makes sense to me. Like if you're feeling kind of those emotions and then you're like gravitating towards like food to feel that comfort and like nourish you, like, like even me yeah. with the potato soup last week, like maybe that's something to be said about like, maybe this is something I need to look at, you know? And I think that's like a kapha trait too. But I love the way like all of it correlates and integrates. And I know that also the chakra system is like, I've not used, I, I've not used, what's it called? Acupuncture. Yeah. But it's like, that's, that has to do with the chakra system as well. Yeah. So, well, it's interesting because the chakra system isn't just one universal system. Throughout history, lots of different cultures have used an, a similar energetic system. So it like crosses the boundaries of like different areas and times like the Egyptians, the Hindus, the Chinese, the Sufis, the Greeks, the North Americans, Incans and Mayans, like everybody had a system and they all kind of line up, which I love Me too. when that kind of stuff mm -hmm. happens. I mean, it's like when there's the, a parable that like is in every right. different language and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, this stuff is real. And yeah. it's, it's so real. That, it's like a universal truth. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like across time and space and language. And it like still resonates for people. And they came about it on their own. Like when, when someone invented the wheel and then like five other people invented the wheel and they were all spread out. It's mm. like that kind of stuff is so yeah. neat. So I think that's why... Well, one, I wasn't really into the chakras for a while because I just like didn't know what the word meant and I didn't understand it. And if I'd read one thing and it was like, oh, that doesn't resonate. But I think in studying it more, it's sort of making me excited because I feel like there's like, yeah, the universal truth or like speaking yes, to things. universal truth. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like speaking to my body. My body's like, yes, that's true. You know, it's like it doesn't really matter what my brain thinks because as we're talking about it, I'm like, yeah, that totally makes sense. When your stomach is out of whack, it's usually because your brain's out of whack, which means your solar plexus might be out of whack. So maybe you need to like, and it's like kind of common and, sense. Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the thing about the colors, like, and like even the foods with the colors and all these books that, you know, I've now read three that ha all say the same stuff, mm -hmm. like, you know, eat more berries and blueberries and blackberries, even to open up the throat chakra and like eat more. This says like, more complex carbohydrates and like starchy vegetables like quinoa, brown rice, oats, legumes for your solar plexus. Right. And it and also it says like get into sunlight, like bright yellow sunlight. Mm -hmm. That just makes perfect sense to bring you back. Yeah. I don't know, you know, like like your root chakra, it's about grounding, putting your feet in the ground. Like that mm -hmm. makes sense. It's <laughs> like it's really a it's really kind of a no-brainer, which is probably why all these people were like, duh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move up the up the body. Okay, heart chakra. Located in the chest, this green chakra is symbolized by a flower with 12 petals. Within the flower, there are two intersecting triangles, which look similar to the Star of David in the center. It governs circulation, unconditional love, both for yourself and other people, passion, and devotion. Mm. The mantra associated with the heart chakra is, I love or yam. Ooh. There's also mantras like you can with each of them. Yeah, you can say a different thing. And I know I've never done Kundalini. Have you? No. But Kundalini is all about the chakras, and it's like over time you build up this like energetic force that moves up and down the spine, and with your breath work, and with like your thoughts. 
and it's meant to really energize like your whole chakra system. So I love the idea of that, although I have I have no idea because I've never done it. Kundalini is one of those things that like people who are into it are like super into it. Yeah. And I think at least for, you know, the last 15 years, I've thought of like, if I'm going to take a class, it's better going to be a workout class that I'm going to sweat in. And that's not what Kundalini is about at all. Like it's a lot more meditative, like small movements and there's, yeah, it's like a whole, there's a lot of chanting, I think, Mm -hmm. like singing. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it's something that I think... Now I'm, there's so much more access to it. Oh, yeah. I know like, Brett Larkin does some apparently really good kundalini uh, meditations online. I've heard a lot of people recommend hers. Mm. And she does a lot of chakra work, too. She has, like, um, little ones for every single chakra and, like, how to balance them. She actually has a really oh, – cool. I, I originally had put it in here, I think. Um, she has a whole series on the chakras, oh. which is worth watching. It's actually pretty good, and it's a good, you know – it's like a much primer? more in-depth primer oh, okay. than what we're doing today. But if you're like, if this intrigues you and you're like, I want to know more, yeah. she'd be a good resource. And so with this one, you know, I can look at this one and I almost feel, because it's saying a lot of it is it has to do with like self-care rituals. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, maybe I have an overactive heart chakra. Because, you know, but like, what if you could just say, <laughs> maybe I'm doing great. I'm doing great, but I like to know. I'm, I'm a fixer, you know? I know, but I'm just, if we're going to, if we're going to go through the whole <laughs> chakra system and you're like, well, this one's out of that, like you're. I think you might. Well, maybe say they that are all about it, but I'm <laughs> saying this one isn't underactive. Like I feel like the other two I've yeah. mentioned were my, ones that I am underactive in. This one could be one that maybe I I'm either right on target or yeah. I'm overactive in because I definitely do all these things, which is like painting, singing, writing, like really being in love with life. Like I feel like I am actually all of those things. Like it says to eat more green foods, which like I do a, a fairly good See? job. I think we're talking, I think we're talking you into the fact that maybe your heart chakra is just like. Okay. My heart chakra is cool. We're good on that one. I I just want to know, like, you don't feel like any of these, none of them are like that one. I mean, yeah, of course there's like different elements of each that I'm like, oh yeah, that's room for me to look at it. But I think that you and I both probably are in considering the things that we spend our time on and the things that we think about and the things that we research and study and prioritize. I would say like we're probably aligned with where we want our heart chakras to be at the moment. Yeah, I think like, so too. That doesn't mean that there isn't room for us to grow. But mm-hmm. um, also it's funny. So the one thing about the heart chakra that like doesn't snap into place in my brain is that the color is green, which I would like, why isn't it pink? But, you know, like the rainbow, <laughs> uh-huh. it is, it follows the rainbow. I have like no, oh no, I do have some green crystals. Yes, because But also, I always associate them with money. Well, I know. <laughs> and that's interesting too, because if you think about like- Money in the heart. Right. If you think about money in the heart and also just like manifesting from your self-worth. I mean, and people swear love and money are like like tied in knots. Yes. And I, I I don't know, I tend to believe that. Yeah. And so in the in the crystal book that she talks about the chakras, she does say that green and pink are the colors. Because mm. the pink like rose quartz has to do with the heart. Right. And so but she also mentions tourlamine, which you have a lot of tourlamine, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I do. Uh-huh. So I feel like your crystal collection does line up with you. It actually alignment. does because I have like nothing for that sacral chakra. I know. I have like maybe a citrine in my bathroom. I don't no, even know ci- if that's citrine. Yeah, is- citrine is sacral. Okay, okay. Yep. So I have that. Orange but- calcite. Mm-mm, I don't have any of that. Like carnelian, that's a, a more of a redder... Um, I mean, for root or base chakra, all she has listed is red jasper, ruby, and bloodstone. Like, that's it. Huh. Yeah. Bloodstone. Bloodstone. But yeah, solar plexus is citrine and amber. And sacral, they talk about citrine also. Hmm. But in the heart chakra, there's a long list. Malachite, green tourlamine, 
green moss agate, emerald, mm-hmm. rose quartz. I have some green moss. I actually have quite a lot of the heart chakra ones. See? Maybe that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's overactive. I think your heart No, I is think perfect. you're right. As I'm as I'm reading it, I'm like, I guess it's not. Like but I don't even know what overactive really would look like. I just think I do a lot of self-care all right, rituals. Here's when it's low. You might feel stressed, anxious, jealous, or bitter, and you may experience higher low blood pressure, higher low heart rate, or lumps or cysts in your breasts. Hmm. What about if it's too high? Does it have that in that book? Um, no, it's this book only has when it's low and when it's yeah. open. Okay, okay. There, so I think there's like, there isn't like a... There are quizzes you can take online that will like measure your chakras for you, which is quite interesting. <laughs> I've definitely done them. And then it sends you back with this like... This one's at 200% and this one's at like 2%. It's interesting. Oh um, definitely done that. But I, I just love a quiz as as do we all, I think. <laughs> okay, we're going to move up to the throat chakra. And I'm not even going to attempt this word. So the throat chakra is depicted by 16 petals that surround a circle containing a crescent. The throat chakra is pale blue in color and located at the thyroid gland in the throat. This chakra governs communication, independence, fluent thought and sense of security. So for this one, and that's the one that I say that I I tend to struggle with sometimes. And I think it's like, it's about speaking and listening, which that makes sense because sometimes I struggle with both those things. And it talks about like having a depleted throat chakra. You may have a difficult time like expressing your truth. You may be fearful of public speaking, which I'm not, and afraid of being seen or heard, which I do struggle with some. Although this has really, again, opened me up to a whole new world of opening my throat chakra. What are you doing? Doing this podcast. Oh, I mean, are you changing anything because of studying this stuff? I mean, I definitely think, I think I'm aware, especially like we did the shadow. Well, no, the mood by Moss. And it tells you like what it's like the aura colors that you see tend to be the things that you might be struggling with that you need to draw in. Yeah. So Hold on. So Mood by Moss is the aura oh. portraits that we took. Yes. Which we talked about in the Woo of You episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So keep going. Okay. Just catching so people So she up. takes a picture and it shows, you know, a, there's like a, a layout of colors that kind of surround you. And so Kayleen and I each did individual and then we did one together. And ours were very similar as far as like the overall vibe, the of, overall the vibe of the colors. Yeah. Except for mine, on, in the one of us together and in my standalone, I had like a blue dot just like directly on my shoulder, which I thought was so funny because I do struggle to like with clear communication or just like with being direct sometimes. Or And I was like, oh gosh, like I've, I know that's about myself. Like throat shocker is always one. I feel like I need to open up more. Like I used to always, I, I love to sing in the car and I do love to sing, but I've always been like, I'm very fearful of singing, you know, like I have like a, a stage fright almost, or, you know, just not, it's like, it's not, it's not quite right in some ways. Like I, I recognize that times I struggle to listen like completely or to appear as an active listener, or I don't know, like even, even the feeling of like putting yourself out there. But I, I knew, I thought about that in doing this podcast. Mm -hmm. I thought a lot about it. And I do feel like it's helped me in a lot of ways because it helps me to articulate and I'm, I'm practicing putting myself out there and I'm practicing um, speaking directly and listening. And, you know, you have to be kind of, it's a ball game when you're doing a podcast. So Mm -hmm. like it, it's kind of a good practice for both. So I do feel like it's like helping heal me. Good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, so everybody who does aura portraits has like their own sense of like the definitions of all of that. And so I looked it up on Goop 
because Goop is the authority on all things woo. And <laughs> their description, because they had they actually you would like this. I'll show it and I'll put it in the show notes, but they took like Gwyneth Paltrow and like some other people on the Goop staff's portraits and then oh, they break I'll it have down. To look at it. Yeah, but for blue, they say depth of feeling, trust, devotion, loyalty, nurturing, personal relationships, supportive, intuitive, and sensitive. Mm. So that's actually like a very positive viewpoint. And you also in like you inhabit all of those things as well. Mm -hmm. So like it isn't, you know, it isn't always. Oh, I don't think it's all bad. I mean, I definitely think there's like, there's good to it too. Cause I've seen different people put them different ways. And I I will say like, I love the move by Moss, but I will feel like hers are not the most like positive when you read the little terms on the back. It's like, um, she, I mean, she, I think she gives you, honestly, I think that her readings give you like, she is very intuitive in person, Yeah, but it's the little pamphlet she hands out. There's a good and bad. There's a front and back. Oh, okay. Maybe I only, well, if you only read the one side, it's like all the bad. I, I think I took home both of ours and I think it now only is all the bad. Oh. So uh, she needs to put back on the good ones. Cause I, I don't know. But yeah, I, we'll look like, after because yeah, I'm curious yeah. actually. Um, cause like I was one like, one side oh. that's like all the up, all the like good things. <laughs> okay. And then on the other side, it's like, if you want to work on it, like these are the areas for growth and it's like all, it's like controlling, angry, like ego. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a lot of that <laughs> yeah. when I read it and I was like, oh my God. I'm having like um, a flashback to when you got time, time scarcity wrong. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like it's not, <laughs> like it's not as bad as you think. Yeah. I mean, I think there's like, I think it's just interesting, you know, for sure when you, when you read about this, but this one says too, like a good way to open up your throat chakras, even just like to keep a journal, which I've just started doing again. So, you know, I think I'm like, that's when I'm like in steady work on. Whereas like, I think the sacral chakra is kind of my next, like if I were to tackle one, Mm -hmm. that would be the one that I'm most interested in. This is um, an interesting thing about show throat chakra it's the first of the spiritual chakras so we're Mm. sort of moving Moving out of the body and like more into the spirit realm so it has much to do with our true authentic voice where faith and understanding combine so Mm. sort of like that calm but it's like the gateway between like the The body and and the the mind yeah yeah, the body and the yeah and it's the channel it's the channel that we communicate through so that makes perfect sense absolutely um And the, there was one more thing I wanted to, the life lesson for the throat chakra is to speak and receive the truth. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I struggle with that part too. Don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't want to hear anything negative, but I think that's also like an Enneagram seven thing. Well, is but like you why like, wouldn't that You like up? to keep things surface. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure that, in, I'm sure somewhere somebody has written something about how like this Enneagram will be out of balance in this chakra. Oh, I'm sure it exists. If not, maybe maybe we can make it exist. Um, (laughs) You never know. Okay, so moving on, the third eye chakra. I love this one, like third eye. The third eye chakra is located at the center of the forehead and is symbolized by a lotus with two petals. It's often associated with colors indigo, violet, or deep blue. It governs trusting the inner self, intuition, consciousness, and mental clarity. And so this one is like the Om chant is like opening your third eyes, which I think is such a traditional like home chant. And then, you know, I think a lot of this in yoga, like a lot of times they'll have you resting your forehead on the ground, on your fists, different things like that. I've even seen where people will like rub an oil on their forehead to kind of like open up their third eye. And the idea of that is like, is just that like opening, opening up. I think it's about openness. Whereas like, that's why I think of like, this is the opposite of sort of in some ways of the, um, 
root chakra. Oh. Really, I guess I said the crown earlier, but I think this too, like, I feel like there's a lot of focus on the third eye in my, in my yoga classes. Yeah. And I feel like that's like the connection to intuition. So when the third eye is depleted, it says you may find yourself repeatedly in situations you could have avoided with a better sense of judgment. You may have a tough time reading people or situations. You may be unhappy where you are in life, but you don't know what caused it or how to fix it. You become stuck in day to day and lose sight of the greater scope of life. You catch yourself judging and comparing yourself to other people and need a constant source of stimulation to feel complete. So basically all of us are like messing up our third eyes on (laughs) Instagram all day. I think it's like, it's sort of like when your like head is down and you're like operating life with like your chin tucked and like, just Uh like kind of like going about the, the daily grind. Like, I feel like that's when like, that's when I feel most out of balance with my third eye chakra is just like when, when my, yeah, when my chin is tucked and I'm just like, like just a robot, like operating in, in like the minutia. Yeah. And it's in the minutia. You lift your chin and like open up your, your third eye chakra to like the world. That's when you feel like receptive and open and willing to like think big thoughts and receive Mm -hmm. like feedback and, and just like in general, like be more like and like your higher self. The, yeah. I mean, this talks right here. It says like practice yoga and meditation to lessen the ego and expand into your highest self. Yeah. And so it's sort of like the opposite of being in that like sort of ego mini mind that we all get yeah. in. Uh, we, I mean, we all like just do like grinding this. That is normal. Yeah. Like I might be in this in the span of a day, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm sure this gets shifted around quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and then it says like following your dharma and life purpose. And I think that's an interesting one to focus on. I've been thinking a lot. I mean, in reading this, like Dharma is your life purpose in terms of like the Sanskrit word, I guess. And so I've been thinking a lot about that. Like, what is my Dharma? Like, I don't know. Like I love, that's why I love reading about this. Cause it just gives you this whole like integrative practice mm-hmm. in terms of like your mind, your body, like nourishing, like I'm loving the whole, that's why I'm really enjoying this eat, feel fresh book because <laughs> I love how the systems all correlate. I think that's right. like, like what we were talking about earlier. That's yeah. like one of my favorite aspects of it is like it's a it's a system that you can use to heal yourself in this like really beautiful way. Like these are yeah. all like these are all things we love to do. Like I love an oil ritual. I love a mm. you know meditation. I love a yoga class. Um, maybe there's things I don't love, and maybe that's what I need to look at, look into why I don't. But yeah, but also like I think there's the thing that I have been turned off by a lot of this stuff in the past is thinking that I have to do it all the yeah, right way. That's and true. I think I've become a lot more open lately to taking what I want, taking what resonates, and leaving the rest, and yeah. not judging it, not being like oh, that doesn't work for me. But just being like, I might pick that up later. Like that isn't something that I want to take on right now. And I don't know if it's like my age or motherhood or what it is, but like, I just feel like my bandwidth is such I think you can't tackle it like, I'm going to be a perfect rainbow. I used to do that Like, Yeah. I mean, that that makes sense though, coming from like some of your like pitta energy and like wanting to like viewing things that way. I'm going to be a perfect rainbow. (laughs) (laughs) I I can, because I could understand that, but I think it's like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, I'm, there's something that's not feeling great in me. Like I ate, I mean, I ate 
10 billion calories of potato soup last week. I'm sorry, I keep referencing this. I I gained 20 pounds in a week. We're going to name this the potato soup <laughs> recipe. Like, we're going to put the oh, recipe, I'm put in, the the recipe in there because it's actually freaking phenomenal. Anyway, so in feeling that way and knowing that like that's not the way I want to feel, what can I do to shift that? And so then I can like go to one of these handy books and look up like these you know, five or six different techniques or foods that I might eat that might like make me feel a little bit better, bring me back into the another direction. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of love that. Like, and it's foods, it's like healing. Like this is, you know, it's a different between, I mean, it's a different between like Eastern and Western medicine, really. It's like, you know, and I'm, I love Western medicine too. Don't get me wrong. My kids go to the doctor, but like, I think there's some beauty in, in where this comes from. Like, I just, I really like it. Yeah. I mean, there's like an, there's an ancient wisdom element to it for sure. I do get like random headaches and random neck aches and that's all associated with the third eye chakra. So yeah, that is something that I'm going to probably pay more attention to is just, I mean, generally speaking, when my body isn't experiencing disease of any kind, I'm like, oh, that's data that I need to rest. Like normally I'm like, oh, that just means that like my body is done working and needs to shut down. But I think that I will probably pull out these books next time I have something and be like, okay, well, what are the I'm more, I I mean, I like and appreciate the food element of it, but that hasn't like hit my, until just now, my awareness. The cool thing about this is it's, what I like about this food book is not just about food. Like even right here with all the descriptions, she has one like food element in the chakras, but it's a lot of it is like take adaptogenic and brain enhancing herbs like ashwagandha, um, you know, meditate every morning and night, immerse yourself in nature, Mm. uh, practice yoga to lessen the ego and expand your highest self, follow your dharma, um, no matter what those around you say. Interesting. So I like that, like she, that's what I've really, if anything, like what's, what I haven't loved about Sahara Rose in the past, she has a podcast and she's, she is a wellspring of knowledge. I mean, you hear her in that podcast, she will talk a mile a minute and she has so much info. It's almost hard to digest. Mm. And I have the Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda as well. And I like it. Um, but this is laid out just gorgeous and Mm. it's still a lot of information, but it's in a really digestible format. So I really like 10 out of 10 would recommend this book. I also just got her, um, deck that she did. Oh yeah. And I, we're going to pull a card from that later because it's so good. It's really, I've enjoyed that too. And that has the chakras in there as well. Oh, fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So moving to the last of the chakras, yes. we have the crown chakra at or above the crown of the head. The crown chakra is depicted as a lotus flower with a thousand petals. It is often multicolored or white in representation and it governs wisdom. Yeah. So I was taught that the crown chakra doesn't, it's not within our body. It like Mm, exists above our body. When I was in yoga teacher training, that's what we learned. And yeah, it's like that connection to the higher realms. So Sahara Rose says, have you ever felt a sudden or suddenly received a rush of inspiration that almost felt like it came from a higher source, such as a poem or business idea? That was your crown chakra opening, allowing you to receive a universal download. We are always receiving these messages, but most of the time we are too distracted by our minds to listen. Mm. And I love that. Like the crown chakra is such an interesting one to tap into because I think it's like, yeah, it is like we talk, you know, this really resonated with me because I just read all the Harry Potter books and I was obsessed, but you said this about JK Rowling channeling the books. Oh yeah. And in reading it, I'm like, yeah, but like, could you even imagine to open yourself up to something like that? Like 
I just think we probably all have the capacity to do it and we don't. And so it's gotten me thinking like, or maybe we do, but like, maybe you do. Like, I think I have like a pretty generous perspective on what channeling is. I think that some people are like closed off to the idea of it, but anytime that you've been in flow in, and not just in a verbal word way, but like in sports or in cooking or in music or in hair that I feel like that's like, I feel like we are channels. Like I feel like our body is a channel to I, these other I think other anytime realms. you're into flow, your third, I mean, your crown chakra rather is, is pretty open. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I don't, I, I would not argue that at all, but I'm saying like, just, to I be can't imagine to being that, that clear, yeah. like to receive all of like, it's, it's, kind of wild. Well, I think that's why, and we talked about this when we talked about, well, we have talked about big magic many times, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I think that Elizabeth Gilbert speaks to this without saying you're receiving these downloads from your crown chakra. But I think that the idea of, I think writers or anybody who creates, I think there is that, I think that's why the glorification of like the, the like suffering artist is there is because like on the flip side of like receiving a download is that like sense of vulnerability, the sense of being open, the mm-hmm. like fear associated with it. Like, I feel like there's also like a need to like protect yourself. Well, and, like, you kind of have to, because I know that like with the crystals, I've definitely, the only crystals I've ever seen that come with like a lot, like a decent amount of warning are these crown crystals. Like the ones <laughs> that they do. Have you never noticed? Like they will say like may increase paranoia or if you're having like feelings of paranoia, you don't want this because you don't need to, because you may be a little too open. And that makes sense to me too. Like, I have like never received a crystal with a warning on it. And, and um, and crystal works, they have them there and they'll say like, if you're feeling it's on there, it's written on there. It'll be like, if you're too open, like stay away. This is just like a great example of how you manifest what like you like that like I don't even if I did see that I'd be I would like not even recognize it because I would be like Have that isn't ever, for me so this is interesting so like <laughs> I I, I, def- I own I've, a lot of these crystals uh, and I do too and I do too <laughs> and I definitely have felt like moments of you know I really am pretty grounded in my life now but I definitely in the when I was like younger going through my breakup and stuff like I definitely was like a paranoid person like I did not my crown was out of balance, you know, I don't know in what way. Your crown was just like a skew. It was a skew and not channeling maybe the correct information, you know? Um, and so it's interesting because like I definitely, and in human design, another, you know, bringing it back, my, um, my head centers are all open, which is like room for error because a lot of times it can make it where you can tend to feel a little bit paranoid and like in my specific human design, like where my red and my black little channel doodads are um the yeah channel that's definitely not what they're called (laughs) the doodads (laughs) the doodads um (laughs) but it can be like you know maybe that I can be tend to be a little like paranoid in certain situations or like that I can get things wrong and I think sometimes I can see myself doing that where like I get in my head a little bit and I'm like oh you know this is what's happening and it's Mm -hmm. like I I've gotten pretty good in my adult life as being like girl no but I thought that I think that's an interesting thing about this but you know here she gives offering or she offers like suggestions which again are like meditation Mm -hmm. she says it requires like a lot of stillness to tune into like the higher sense of wisdom and when the download comes through be prepared to write because specific downloads rarely reoccur which I 
I feel like is so true. There's times where I've had something and I'm like, oh my God, that is like the most brilliant idea. Uh-huh. I need to do this right now. Like, okay, a couple years ago, <laughs> Ben Anderson, my best friend, like he will laugh hearing this because I was convinced I was going to write this script. I was going to be a screenwriter. Please somebody do this. Like, please somebody big magic this and do this because it's not going to come from me. And I'm hoping it's already being done. But I had this idea about there's, um, so back in the day, Tobey Maguire and Leonardo DiCaprio, when they were like young up and comers in Hollywood, they were kind of like these like bad boys in their social life. And they were known as like the pussy posse. Okay. I'm going to have to edit some of this out. And I really wanted to write, what's it called when you like change the names of the, of the characters and like, but I, I had this like plan to write this like epic script of mass purport. Like it just came to me and I was like doing all this research and I felt like I started it out and it's so hilarious because I told Ben, I was like, oh my gosh, like you can never tell anybody. Like I was telling him about it. And then the other day I reminded him of it because he sent me like an old picture of Leonardo DiCaprio and and he sent me this and I was like, oh, I have the first line still in my iPhone and my notes. Like my iPhone notes is like a wellspring of nonsense of channeling, like truly. I'm always channeling some craziness. And so, but this one just really, we laughed about it so much. And so I sent him a text the other day that was like the first line of the script and we just laughed and laughed about it. I'll, I'll include it in the show notes. I don't <laughs> think I'm too embarrassed to like say it out loud, but it's like an example of, <laughs> but it is, it's this example of like, an idea that would like be great. And I have like how I would want it to be, but now I can't, I can't even dive back into that. Like I, I hear Mm. it and I'm like, Oh, it's not for me to write. It's not for me to do. See, I have a little bit of a different perspective in that if a thing comes to me and I'm like, "Hmm, maybe I'll like say that, like maybe, and I'll, if it comes back, then I'm like, okay, cool. Like we, (laughs) then we are good. Mm -hmm. But like, I will wait I will wait for it to come back. Sometimes I'll write something down, but other times, like if I can't, I'll be like, if you're for real, then you'll come back. It's like testing it a little bit. I mean, maybe just yeah. like, yeah, being like, hmm. But a few things. Well, one, I think that what do you do with it once you have it in your notes? Like, do you, do sometimes you know they I mean? do turn into things. Like, okay. I mean, okay. So for instance, like, I mean, a great example of this is like how we come up with episode ideas. Like, yeah. you know, that starts as like a note in my phone that comes in a whim or, and then, yeah. you know, moves into our Slack and then becomes an episode. Yeah. Um, that's like a really basic example of it. Sometimes it's like I write short stories and I, I will write a full story and I'll feel like, I'll write my first draft and then I immediately have to write my second. It's like I draft them out and um, they don't maybe end up somewhere for now, but like I have them and, you know, I feel like I, I, because I like to write and I write in like essay form, it's pretty easy to see like how that kind of plays out because it typically starts in my notes section mm. and then moves from there into like, sometimes it's handwriting. I, I really love handwriting things out um, mm-hmm. when it comes to writing. A lot of people don't. I mean, I thought that was interesting. Like in, I've, in reading the Harry Potter books, I was like, I wonder how JK Rowling does like what's her process. And so it got me watching all these YouTube videos of random people's like writing processes, which I found fascinating. Like Stephen King. I, I uh, haven't have you even, read his book? No. On writing? Isn't that No, but called? he has a book on writing. I did see yeah. that. Um, but he, but there were like people who will follow different people's processes to see how it works for them. Yeah. And JK Rowling writes everything longhand before it ever becomes the book. And sometimes she'll write it like multiple times longhand, which I think is like probably kind of close to how I write. I have to rewrite stuff. Yeah. Like I will like write a paragraph and then if I get stuck, I have to like rewrite the paragraph. Like I have to like, I have to get, I have to like trace my steps to get to where I am so that it will keep coming. But I understand the feeling of like when I'm writing and in flow, 
it needs to come out then. And I don't know that, like, maybe it will come back, but so, I have definitely lost things. Yeah. And I'm like, they weren't meant to be. Right. Yeah. It's not like that, like that. But, yeah. But I, you know, again, like, I'm not meant to screenwrite this. Um, you're, I, you're, I, like for what you described, I'm like, that, didn't they make that in Entourage? Like that's like sort of what what no, you're what you're describing. No, they were like, really what? young, and there's oh. there's like some I'll I'll have to <laughs> there's some dark seedy stuff in there. Ooh. It's interesting. Well, I'm I didn't expect for us to bring up human design, but it does. There's a lot of like. Um, correlations between human design and the chakra system. So I'm like curious to go back and look at my human design. And, and that see. makes sense. Cause you told me my heart is full in human design and yeah. I'm good at the heart chakra. Mm-hmm. Look. Yeah. Wow. My, so my undefined centers, I have an undefined heart and an undefined sacral. Uh-huh. So like, I just want to kind me of too. like play with that. Or undefined that. sacral. Um, the rest of mine are defined. I only have two. Oh no, I have three. I don't know what that middle one is. Anyways, yeah, so I want to go back and look at my human design. And I think, listeners, if you enjoy this conversation, I think you would like the woo of you. Mm -hmm. There's like some definite parallels between those two. The other thing I was going to mention is that I've gotten into Ashley Wood quite a bit recently, and she's aligned within on Instagram. And she has um, started offering this idea of what's called a... um, Oh, I'm the line, right? Yeah. Activating the line. Mm -hmm. And it's like this hand movement and it's associated with like, it really goes like from the, from the crown to your, to the base and you go up and down in prayer. I'll, I'll put in the show notes, like an example Mm. of her doing it on YouTube or on Instagram stories. But it's really like, I think that there are simple, subtle ways to connect to these things. If one piece of it resonates to where you don't have to, again, like pursue the perfect rainbow. And that's the thing that's resonating most with me through this conversation. It's just like, there are little things here or there. And like, I'm excited to use these books that I've gotten as resources to like, um, and in this, um, crystal book, there's a bunch of like practices you can do to actually just lay the stones on your body. So like Mm. to do gemstone healing on yourself with the crystals that you have. And like in this other one, she talks about essential oils and which ones that you can use to like help heal your chakras. So I'm, I mean, cooking and all that's great, but, um, I mean, and I probably, <laughs> well, need you can just eat some berries or whatever, yeah, you know, exactly. And, yeah. and that's the thing is like, it is, it's very accessible if, if you are willing to take like a few moments to just pair like a concern or thing that you want to work on with like a small step. And I took an Ayurveda workshop, um, with PO wellness. It It was awesome. Yeah. I took it at the commune. Jen from PO wellness hosted it. And she was, she suggested this thing called ritual stacking, which you've heard of habit stacking, which is when like, if you want to incorporate a new habit, you will pair it with something you already do like brush your teeth. So if you want to like start meditating, you would always meditate before you brush your teeth or whatever. And it helps you implement a habit, but she was calling it ritual stacking, which is like, she was like, I hear all these people talking about their 45 minute morning routines. And she's like, now that I have kids, like I don't have time for that. And it makes me feel bad because I'm like, oh great, good for you. But like, I can't do all that. But once I started ritual stacking, which is now like she said, oh, when I brush my teeth, then I'll like get an essential oil or do something really small Mm -hmm. with these things that you do every day. And I just love that idea of taking like the things that you do every day and like elevating them a little Uh bit, adding some intention. So I think that's the thing that from this conversation I'm going to take with me. What about you? I like the idea of like celebrating my heart chakra. I feel good about that one. And I'm pretty good at rituals. (laughs) So I'm probably pretty good at rituals. 
mental stacking. I do feel like I've been kind of doing that lately where like what you're saying about elevating small tasks and making them better. Like I, I think I've, I've kind of been, that's been something I've thought about. I can't, I'm excited to get into the future beauty woo part two episode because I that's think next episode. Yeah. I think that that's, that's going to outline some of the ways I've been doing that. Mm. Uh, some of these new rituals that I've been like really into. And so, yeah, like I like that idea. And I honestly, for me, I'm really into the Sahara Rose cookbook. I'm actually the rest of the day this afternoon. I always do my meal prep um, in the afternoons on Mondays and I've got a couple of recipes. So I haven't like dove into the, the recipes aren't too complicated to try and they don't require like 10 billion ingredients, mm-hmm. like which frustrates me sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I have most everything in there. So I'm excited to dive into some of that and practice um, implementing some of the foods in in the book. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to this journey through the chakra friends. Join us next week for beauty woo part two. Woo! Bye. Bye. Thank you friends for listening. Please connect with us at thatsprettywoo.com and on Instagram at thatsprettywoo. Make sure you subscribe to catch next week's episode and share our pod with anyone you know who's into stuff. That's pretty woo. woo.